0: This is David and Welcome to my podcast. Today, we have my good friend, Jeremy Fingerman. We're going to talk all about the magic of summer camps in America. But first, we'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Venture Leather, which makes quality but affordable handmade leather goods with a purpose. Do you want to look great, but also know what you buy is making a positive impact on the world? Venture Leather works with small-scale herders and artisans in both Uganda and India to make the highest quality products while providing jobs in impoverished communities. Not only is Venture Leather intentional about its supply chain, but 100% of the profit from every purchase is invested back into these communities. Every purchase from Venture Leather helps to create small venture capital fund for aspiring entrepreneurs around the world, hence the name Venture Leather. So go to VentureLeather.com and use the code David, my name. For 15% off your order and start making a difference today. Venture Leather, helping you make a difference in the world. All right, this is David Suiza. Welcome to my podcast. Today, we have Jeremy Fingerman, CEO of the Foundation for Jewish Camp. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, David. Great to be here. So tell us about the foundation for Jewish camp. How do you spend your days? What do you do? What's your mission in life?
1: Well, the foundation now is inter, We're in our 20th year, created by an entrepreneurial philanthropic couple, Lisa and Rob Bildner from New Jersey. Uh, before the foundation was established, lots of camps just operated on their own, and there was no forced to unify the field. And uh, I think the Bildners recognized that to make a big contribution to the the Jewish world would be to elevate where people saw Jewish camp on the philanthropic agenda. Um, And so the mission was to unify the field and to galvanize it together, uh, to Uh, achieve growth.
0: You know, uh, when I was a kid growing up, we were like the classic immigrant story in Montreal, very little money, and we needed the help of Jewish organizations. And summer was coming along, and my mother comes to me and says, I got you uh, into camp tomorrow. You want to leave? It was Campenay-Breath. Campenay-Breath? Yeah. On a
1: wonderful lake, Uh, amazing Um, lake, amazing.
0: uh, And I said, sure. (laughs) It changed my life. Yes, yes. We listened to uh, The Second Side of Abbey Road for 30 days we were like in Pioneers so we were like in 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 tents and I caught the tail end of the 60s it changed my life in so many ways I can't even describe it first of all I I don't know it was just the music uh, being alone in in the forest with other people away um, from parents totally away from parents I was immersed in this whole world but a lot of it was the music and there was our, camp, our counselor of the whole section was a guy called Hal. He was African-American, and he would play speeches of Martin Luther King on his vinyl. Wow. While we would go in the morning to the cafeteria, we would hear Martin Luther King speeches. I don't know. I get the goosebumps remembering these moments. and I just don't know that how you can um, compete with that kind of an experience in the summer.
1: No, it's you know, uh, it's the most powerful experience, uh, I think the most powerful vehicle we have in the Jewish community for transmitting a, a connection to what I call joyous Judaism.
0: And it was the first time I was away from my family.
1: Yeah. Well, that's from part my... of the secret, too, that your family, then you're being taken care of by a, uh, uh, a role model and a counselor who's only a couple years older than you, but they and become my, your parents.
0: My English was not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just picking up the language, and I even learned the art of being embarrassed because I remember these two guys were making fun of my English. So I had to work through psychological issues, you know. Uh, and and I I have the these these memories of what happens when you're in a completely new environment, and it just threw me in the deep end, and you got to make it work. And
1: and and the beauty is that it really forces you to. Become who you're supposed to be, that uh, uh, going away to camp, you learn how to uh, function in a group, how to collaborate, how to problem solve, how to test, take risks, and uh,
0: right. figure out how to manage
1: through all of that.
0: And, and you know, there was uh, the head counselor at the time was Jacob, and they tested us for a three-day survival trip. Oh, wow. And I actually... So they test you in terms of how you do canoeing and all kinds of testing. And apparently I I won. But the guy didn't choose me. And I'll never forget what he said to me. He says, I'm not picking you, David, because you're too slow. You you don't wake up on time. You got all the other things, but you just don't wake up on time. I never forgot that, Jeremy. And, you know, I do now wake up on time. Okay. <laughs> I really do. I'm like, I'm up at 5 every morning. But it's almost haunted me. When he said that, he says you just you're just too slow, you don't wake up on time. And I but, can't but that you. counselor
1: obviously had an impact on you, changed the trajectory and in, in, in terms of you're waking up, but it, it changes how you view yourself. As I say, it helps you become who you're supposed to be.
0: Right. And then obviously there's and then you have there's girls and you dance and stuff and there's all kinds of stuff that I remember. And then so you deal with that. I mean, this is your life right now, right? Give me an example of the kind of stuff you do that has to do with with just the experience of campers. What kind of things are you trying to innovate and Mm -hmm. change and upgrade?
1: Good, so look, the uh, bottom line for our foundation is we want more kids to experience the power of Jewish camp, more kids experiencing a summer in Jewish camp.
0: As opposed to going to a non-Jewish camp? To go to
1: a secular camp or Mm -hmm. to uh, uh, have other, there's lots of competing experiences. Uh, You and I have talked in the past about specialty camps Mm -hmm. uh, and teens who want an experience to want to build their skills uh, until our foundation started a whole range of of Jewish specialty camps. You couldn't experience that without being outside of the Jewish environment. In 2010, we started creating uh, what we call our specialty camp incubator. We've opened 17 new specialty camps since 2010. Changed the face of of the field of Jewish camp.
0: All right, I got to ask you this one. Do yeah. you have Do you have one of those 17? Is how to work with your hands because Jews are notoriously, you know, working with your hands, fixing things with your hands. There's
1: uh. <laughs> a camp, an all-boys camp in Maryland called Camp Arry and they have a, every year I think they bring in an old car that they put up on, on stilts, and they have kids learn about the engine underneath the car, really the whole mechanics of it. It's fantastic.
0: Wow. So how do you get to pick these? Give me an example of some of these specialties and which ones are resonating the most.
1: So, um obviously sports is a, is a big one. So uh, in 2010, we opened the URJ Six Points Sports Academy in Greensboro, North Carolina at the campus of the American Hebrew Academy. Um, and uh, a fabulous facility. That camp has exploded. Basically, f- they're full at about 700 plus campers a summer. And it resulted in the URJ opening out in California, a Six Points Sports Academy West, housed at Occidental College here in L.A., mm-hmm. and helping to give more kids the chance to have a—who who, who want a, a sports skill-building experience, but under a, a reform, you know, the URJ system. Ramah, this year, opened a Ramah Sports Academy in Fairfield, Connecticut, at Fairfield University,
0: uh, mm. on, a,
1: on a campsite. But sports
0: and, is not. So sport, sports has always been part sports of. Sports is a big well.
1: Sports in camp, but now this is designed a two week program that's a real skill building specialty okay. that you focus exclusively on that. Now kids may do something else during the rest of the summer. I might go to a traditional camp for a session and then come Mm. and go to a... uh,
0: Because there's something you wrote, Jeremy, that really caught my attention. Educators and leaders of Fortune 500 corporations identified critical skills that are necessary to navigate in, compete in, and contribute to our complex and global society in the 21st century. And you connected sort of the experience you get in camp with those skills. And I'll just list some of the skills that you identified, uh, creativity, innovation, critical thinking, problem solving, communication, collaboration, flexibility, adaptability, initiative, self-direction, leadership, and responsibility. Great That's list. a mouthful. Great list. Oh, my God. Just half of those i will all be in good shape. Right.
1: So, look, those are the skills that employers are telling, that Fortune 500 companies are reporting. Those are the skills they're looking for in, in their employees. Mm-hmm. And there are also the skills that are going to help you advance. In, in your, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, our own uh, experiences in, in, in large companies and agencies. If you can't speak to somebody and look them in the eye, if you can't communicate, uh, if you can't demonstrate that agility and mm-hmm. flexibility that's so necessary in today's world. Those are the skills that employers are really looking for. And you develop them uniquely when you're away from home, away from parents, you're in a, a, a cabin environment, and you've got to navigate through all of that.
0: I'm uh, feeling the elephant in the room here, Jeremy. Yes, what's that? And I'm holding it in my hand. Yes,
1: that's exactly The iPhone. Right. The iPhone. This
0: is the game changer of the century that's stuck to every hand in America.
1: So it's a huge dilemma. And I've written a piece uh, last week about seeking balance, that the phone and technology is the curse, let's say, but it's also a blessing in helping us stay in touch with people and and create uh, connections that last year round. But in the summer, take a break, go to camp, experience what it is to be off the grid and having to deal with people. Do you have a rule on that? It's not really a rule but every camp, every Jewish camp has is technology free for the campers mm-hmm. some have become technology free even for the staff mm. I, when I say technology phone and communicating externally mm-hmm. but think about how technology has changed our world where the rooms the uh Either uh, classrooms or uh, uh, l- large gathering rooms at camps need high tech screens, high tech uh, uh, audio. We have camps that are connecting once a week to their delegation that is in Israel from that camp that's gone on an Israel trip, and they call in uh, once a week to the camps. They're put up on the big screen in the chador ohel in the dining room, and they're establishing this connection.
0: With these kids who are right so campers uh generally speaking in jewish camps do not have their iphone with them in the bunks not at all not at all there's
1: a story they tell of uh kids coming with two phones (laughs) one that you give up when you're asked (laughs) for it and one that you you
0: You sneak into but i
1: I think in 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 most uh in i think in all the jewish camps uh, no technology for campers and They've got to manage through for the counselors as well.
0: I bet you there's a great story there that I will seek out for the Jewish Journal on, you know, the withdrawal symptoms. You know, we see it in Pico Robinson in the Orthodox community. The, you know, after you text 100 times a day, all of a sudden, Shabbat comes and there's no more texting. This is withdrawal. It's like a, people who smoke cigarettes and they stop on Shabbat and they're addicted. So I'd call it, uh, you know, as you seek balance— in your life, the fact
1: that you can prove on Shabbat that you can go 25 hours without uh, actually empowers you to then be effective the rest of, uh, of the week, that you know you can take a break, that you can survive, and the kids that go away to camp, that they know they can survive. But then here's the, here's the balance. Camp in the summer, wonderful, you're in your bunk, what do you do the rest of the year? How do you stay in touch with these amazing friendships that you make? And we'll talk about my own camp experience, but I I found a box of letters that I had saved from uh, my camp friends back in the day when you wrote handwritten letters and stamps were maybe 10 cents, 13 cents. uh, I still have those. And I I have these amazing letters and correspondences. But today, the phone enables kids to stay connected. So it helps to make camp a year-round experience, not just uh, the summer.
0: But there's a dark side I was reading in some psychology magazine the other day that uh, um, the connection that kids get during the year uh, through the social media is kind of, kind of fool's gold. It creates the illusion of real connection. And you're bound to be disappointed because it's still virtual and it's still not a substitute for real connection when you're really in front of a human being and you're looking at their eyes and their face and all that kind of stuff. You don't get that on a screen. And from what I hear, it's connected to the depression among teens. Yeah, I know all that. And loneliness.
1: But think about this. If I Create a relationship during the summer, a one-to-one, and with a counselor or an educator or even a, a fellow camper. Now, during the year, because I've I've, I've you've, made fo- evolve, you, you've
0: got the real connection that you can the work on. I got gotcha. and this
1: keeps you going. Yeah. Now, I tell a, a great story. My kids go to uh, Camp Yavna in New Hampshire, and. Uh, their teenagers, if they would get an email from our synagogue of the teen programs coming up this weekend, they don't open the email at all. If the email comes in from camp on that same Thursday, maybe with a Devar Torah, maybe with a, a piece about uh, uh, an upcoming holiday, or maybe a story about camp, they open it, sometimes print it, and always talk about it at our dinner table. That's the power of the that the camp gets into your Uh, kishkas you feel a sense of belonging to your camp community both to the staff and to your fellow campers and you want you you invite that in so the kid invites it in and the parent I'm thrilled to have that kind of uh, uh, communication and influence coming in during the year
0: I've also noticed uh, a lot more has been done with kids for special needs. I've seen it at Camp Ramon. My kids have been going to Ramon for years. So
1: we have a a big initiative now called the Yashar Initiative. Yashar means to level, sort of level with integrity, sort of level the playing field. It's a grant, a $12 million grant from the Weinberg Foundation out of Baltimore to give camps grants to increase their ability to serve more kids with disabilities, accessibility and inclusion. And uh, it's capital for either expansion of bunks or ramps or uh, improvements in the the dining halls or the pools. Significant opportunity and the camps are applying for this. They're vying to get these grants because they know it's a way to bring integrity to their camp community. Yeah,
0: this moves my heart more than anything. We don't leave anyone uh, behind. Look, camps really change lives. I mean, uh, my son met a former commando in the Israeli army at Camp Ramah, and that eventually led him to join the army himself. So much of uh, the, the, the data that we have is your connection to Israel is
1: far stronger having attended camp than those who never attended Jewish camp. Why? Because you get the shlichim that come from Israel or even some uh, Israelis that live in your bunks and are, are campers as well. And it really is the mifgash that they talk about, the encounter that they talk about on uh, uh, how important it is to break down the barriers between diaspora or North American Jews and uh, Israelis.
0: And my daughter, uh, Mia, I don't know why I keep talking with my family Maybe because, I don't know, I'm a Jewish father yes uh, she was going at a new school and heard about this camp Eden Village and changed sure. her life and that she got into like organic stuff and holistic stuff so did
1: she go to Eden she Village in New York, new York. Okay. Yeah, she so was that's... a counselor
0: at Eden Village Sh- and I went to visit her one day and it was just the most amazing, amazing thing Jeremy just yeah this love of nature and growing they teach kids how to grow their own vegetables and
1: so think about this this was a, a, an old campsite owned by the Federation, had not been used for seven to 10 years. We get this grant from the Jim Joseph Foundation to start up new specialty camps, and we create an RFP, and entrep- Jewish entrepreneurs sort of uh, uh, applied, and this young couple who had an idea of an organic farming spirituality uh, camp called Eden Village, applied and won the grant. So in 2010, we helped them coach them to open. I didn't this even camp. know you were
0: involved with that. No,
1: that's one of the. Uh, yeah. And so successful that camp was in New York that this year, this past summer, 2018, we opened Eden Village West. I know. In Northern <laughs> California. Uh, and they had a great first summer.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they wanted to hire her. We did a story on them. It was, it was just one of those amazing things that connect Judaism with nature and healing the world and just everything that – all the good stuff that we hear so, about protecting the environment.
1: So what we learn in, in, as, a, as a field builder – the Foundation for Jewish Camp, would take and help ideas flourish from one to the next. So Eden Village, we learn how powerful it is on organic farming and, and, and that form of education. Now, that's a specialty camp. Correct. But even the established camps can do a much better job on farming and on on the org- on that story. And I say that what I rec- remember from Eden Village, and now I'm sure other camps have done this as well, seven plots that they have in their farm and one plot is marked as the Shemitah and it does not nothing grows there that year and it rotates the next year come back plot two is going to be the Shemitah year and with that you've given a powerful Jewish lesson without it's no textbook it's uh but that lesson stays with those kids forever.
0: You know one of the things we hear about so much in Jewish journalism and in the American Judaism of the century is social justice, um, helping the homeless, trying to make the world a better place, helping um, the disadvantaged and so forth. Does that come into your radar screen? I know it leans a little bit towards politics and when you go to the summer, you want to stay away from that, but is that entering your conversations?
1: I think uh, the the ethical way of living Jewishly, the Jewish values that you have, um, that's really what Jewish camp is about. We call it making mensches. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, uh, we're mm-hmm. in the business of making menches, and that's what Jewish camp is, is uh, ultimately the output and the measurement would be. Are we creating more mensches for the Jewish community? Now, on social justice issues, the camps absolutely are dealing with those, obviously in different ways in e- each one. Um, and who's doing programming at camp? So much of it is based on that counselor, you mm-hmm. talk about your daughter going uh, to work there, but so, uh, a college-age counselor who becomes not only the role model and sort of that cool person that you want to aspire to be, but they're also charged with doing programming and transmitting the traditions of the camp, or or creating new transitions for the ca- uh, traditions for the camp. So they're bringing their sensibilities, modern sensibilities, and and the key issues that are affecting them, they're bringing that to the camp experience.
0: Well, you know, uh, I have a rule. I can't do any podcast without at least one piece of controversy. And of course, I'm sure you were a few years ago, I think two years, there was a little bit of controversy with uh, Jewish summer camps because there was a group called If Not Now which was really anti occupation and so forth. And I was, I'm trying to recall exactly what happened, but they were trying to train some counselors, I think connected with Camp Ramah, and they were trying to make the case that we need to teach a more complete view of Israel in Jewish summer camps and not just give the side of Israel. Were you involved with that at all? I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm talking I about. I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. I think uh, our work is to make sure camps are educating about israel not necessarily advocacy work or taking position but that uh, first of all to be in our network to be a camp that's uh, we have 160 jewish camps overnight camps in our uh, that are part of our network um but to be included in that you've got to recognize israel's right to exist and israel's de- that israel's a democratic uh Country that's making its its decisions, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to honor and respect that. I think part of our emphasis, working with the Jewish Agency for Israel, increasing the number of shlichim that come and work in camp and interact with both campers and staff, we're presenting a real uh, a real story of Israel,
0: transmitted
1: by Israelis.
0: Yeah, when I uh, I was a little bit involved with that conversation at the time, and I spoke to some people. At, at Ramah, and my recommendation to them was the, the most extraordinary book, Letters to My Palestinian Neighbor, right, from right. Yossi Klein Alivi. And I said, just get a few hundred of these because there is absolutely no better book that I've ever come across that gives you both sides of the conflict. Yep. And and I just feel because so many of these camps are. are, are Just compassionate camps that are not just propaganda for Israel, and they really want to show both sides of the story. And my problem with the groups who are trying to hijack the conversation is that they really just provide the Palestinian side of the story. So it's not a balanced narrative. And I said, instead of going one way or the other, just, hey, take this one book, Letters to My Palestinian Neighbor, and use that to guide the conversation about Israel. And then at that point, you know, you're. You're sort of doing the right thing, in my view.
1: Right. So, look, these Jewish camps, for so many, the aspirational arc of a camper is that in your, uh, I think, uh, your junior year rising, you finish junior year, rising senior of high school, you go to Israel, and you go with your group of camp friends, mm-hmm. and you travel in Israel together. That's, I mean, so much of... of, of um, the mission of these camps has Israel as a component of it. Right, spending time with Israelis, spending time in Israel, and I think you're exactly right of uh, uh, creating the, the the conversations in a safe environment in a you know in a camp like where you can test and uh, that's education. That's real right. education. And I, and, and I
0: also think we live in a world right now where I don't know how to phrase this, but politics seems to have infiltrated every aspect of life. I'm not judging it one way or another, or maybe I am, but it just seems to me that, um, you know, whether any aspect of culture, whether it's summer camp or, or music or movies or books or Shabbat conversations, it's just, we've become obsessed with politics. Unfortunately, but look, even I, I said to you earlier, think about Israel. If Israel, if only
1: we talk about, if we only talk about the conflict, then we're diminishing all the amazing things that are happening in Israel. Israelis are leading the way in cuisine, in fashion, in dance, for sure, in science and technology. mentioned uh, excited to see the uh, space IL launch of the Israeli uh, uh, unmanned uh, uh, spacecraft that's going to launch and, and go to, uh, to the moon. Uh, I'm so proud that is Israel's doing that, only the fourth country even to, uh, to attempt, and uh, it's, it's really exciting. And to think about Israel's leading the world in, in irrigation and, and uh, so many technologies. Do we ever talk about that? I think Jewish camps do talk about that and do celebrate that, Uh, and that's part of their success and part of the the ultimate opportunity as a Jewish community to get more kids to experience and be turned on, create an attachment while at camp that then leads to spending time in Israel.
0: Well, I want to put in a plug for our cover story next week. Is you know March 1st, it's going to be written by Gary Wexler, he's already written the first draft. Can we separate the soul of Israel from its politics? And it's a fascinating piece, and it does not shy away from the conflict, it does not ignore it, but it gets into an aspect of Israel that's not propaganda, but that just tries to capture the soul of Israel, and as we go forward in this conversation, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we can broaden the conversation so that it's not either propaganda or criticism, but some kind of a middle place where we can look at the soul of Israel without just looking at it through the lens of politics.
1: Look, um, I, I think it's fascinating that when you get away from home and away from parents and you're in this environment called camp, all kinds of conversations and learning and testing can can take place and the more that we can have kids and by the way I, I I'll put the college counselors college age counselors in it there's 12,000 college age counselors and they're
0: working. they're like they're game changers they 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 have probably more influence uh, than anything else that happens for the summer
1: so think about that the, uh, the 12,000 are in overnight camp. 6,000 college-age Jewish counselors are working in Jewish day camps. So you got 18,000 kids that are on college campuses during the year. Their spark plugs of energy and a positive Jewish experiences. How are we connecting them to their work and their activities and their interests on the college campus? How how do you bring it full circle back to camp during during uh, Mm -hmm. the next year? So I think it's a whole series of interventions, of experiences, of more certainly more engagement with Israelis and Israeli. uh, competencies and strengths, that, that changes the whole discussion. I really believe it.
0: I have a theory that you know, politics, morality, social justice, it's very empowering. And it makes you, it puts you on a, on a, on a high level, high ground. And a lot of that gets very, it's very seductive. And it's, it's happening right now in America. I, I personally totally believe in that and making the world a better place. But I also believe that there's a lot more to life than social justice uh, and politics. And one of the things I've, my experience with camp was was music. I mean, I, I fell in love with music in camp. That has nothing to do with social justice. I became a Beatle fanatic to this day. I'm madly in love with the Beatles because of my summer in Campanay breath. And, you know, what's the value of that? Is there any value to things that are not connected to social justice? Oh, a
1: thousand percent. And and first of all, that helps you function in the the world, right? Uh, uh, But I really believe camps, Jewish camps in particular, that are sharing music, Throughout the day, the, in, you know, the uh, uh, in the chadarocha in the dining room, the the energy and spirit of a singing of Birka Mazon. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a quick story that that we sing the Birka Zone, the first paragraph of Birka Mazon, Really, it w- it wasn't sung in the previous in previous mm-hmm. centuries. It's a new phenomenon, and it was created, written by a cantor, who taught it at camp, mm-hmm. and then it took off. The that we sing is a really took hold in the Jewish camp environment. It, so it's, it's a
0: different melody than the one we sing. no there, na,
1: there was no 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 Okay. And after that people were silent. Oh I see. Yeah. And now the the you know right, the, right. the the that singing that every kid learns at camp, and they learn the hand motions. Right. And the, <laughs> it, it's so powerful that that's what we're transmitting, and it didn't exist before, you know, the, uh, I think it was in the 1930s uh, that it took hold in Jewish camp was written and took hold there, and now we all do it.
0: I, I wrote a piece once called Birthright Judaism, which is in the same way that Birthright Israel uh, gave kids a taste of Israel. I was wondering if there would ever be a Jewish camp where you taught all the Jewish rituals, all the shalosh regalim and all the, the Jewish holidays and, and, and so forth, because you do some of that, but there is no, I wonder if that would ever become one of your specialties.
1: Look, so, so first of all, with 160 overnight camps, you have uh, quite a range and in Los Angeles I love coming out here to visit with uh, the camp community here because you have a range of camps you have Moshavah uh, right. in, in Running Springs you have Ramah and uh, uh, Alonim. Mm-hmm. Alonim which is famous for it's dancing mm-hmm. and singing and uh, and Mosheva
0: is more on the orthodox more on track. Orth- mm-hmm. More on the
1: uh, Bnei Kiva, a right. religious Zionist, doing a fabulous job and a facility that is open year-round and doing all kinds of retreats and programming. Um, I think the, the way I'd phrase it is, first of all, think about uh, the Jewish holidays, the Jewish calendar in the summer. Before camp, I must say, I never knew about Tisha b'a. Right. And now it's uh, the singing of Echa is something I look forward to because it was from camp and the lighting of candles and, and uh, uh, that, that you learn so much. So one, I think Jewish camps in many ways helped to perpetuate oh, they do. Uh, oh, they uh, do. the summer holidays. They do.
0: The, the thing I had in mind was you, know, you get this huge donor that would just, in the same way that it's a free trip to Israel, this would be a free trip to a summer camp where for 10 days... It'd be just like a boot camp, a immersion in all the Jewish rituals and all the uh, so, of the year. So our s- signature program is called One
1: Happy Camper, $1,000 mm-hmm. off your first summer at camp. It's a program of the Foundation for Jewish Camp with 47 uh, federation partners across uh, the country. Um, and even PJ Library is a, is a partner in that. So uh, we're going to help get a kid to camp for the first time, and once they experience that joy and positive mm. experience, in the hashkafa that the family can accept. Not every camp is right for every kid. So you have to have lots of options open and available. Um, it's critically, critically important.
0: Now, now, Jeremy, you and I have a similar background. You worked in, in consumer packaged goods with General Mills and Campbell Soup, and you rose up the ranks, and you did that for a good 20 years. Uh, how do you connect that part of your career with the Jewish world? Which one is
1: <laughs> Well, look, first one is of all, easier? this is the best product, <laughs> Jewish camp is the best product that I've uh, marketed and sold in my career. Um, that
0: helps. It helps a lot.
1: Uh, I you using... mean there's a,
0: you don't have to shy away from all the salt content and the sugar content no, and... or the sugar content in some of the cereals you sold, right or yes, did or you th- ever feel guilty knowing you know you looked at your label? I did I mean, I would look at stuff, I said, oh, yeah,
1: but uh those cereals are made with whole grains, all oh, right, <laughs> so there's lots of uh <laughs> some benefits, good stuff. And, and we were at General Mills uh reducing the level of sodium and that gave a good claim for you know. And, mm-hmm. and and same on the soup side. I think, first of all, in, in consumer products, you learn that you have to continue to bring news mm-hmm. to, the, to the brand and to the category. And so it's that innovative spirit that I feel like I've brought in my nine years at the Foundation a Jewish mm-hmm. Camp of making sure camps are trying things and not being afraid to try and learn. Mm-hmm. Some things may not work, but that we, course correct, and that we're then sharing. One of the things I think we do well, the foundation is that we're sharing those learnings and the reflections uh, of what has worked and what where can improvements be made, that that's a very powerful thing. And it comes from the consumer packaged goods, world, where you have to continue to uh, I won't say reinvent, but continue to bring
0: news and to refresh
1: your product. Over right. Time. so
0: with with your background, do you see yourself like uh, promoting uh, lower fat content and uh, and lower sugar content? I'm only half ingesting well, the, the the food in in summer camps. So f- we've had
1: people who have Nutrition. approached me about uh, how do you uh, how to make sure that it's a healthy environment. My first year when I toured camps, i I remember. I remember drinking the bug juice from being a kid. And so I went to every camp and I'm drinking the bug juice and I put on 10 pounds. (laughs) That's what happened to me.
0: So I stopped drinking the bug juice. Now, let's see. We used to have a cookout, I think Thursday night, at steak the very last night. Oh, for sure. Still... The banquet is Those traditions still... Yes, yes. ...still continue. So, look, uh,
1: camp is very tradition-bound. We know that. Um, And... Many camps that try something new, the next year somebody say, "Oh, you can't change it. That's how we always did it. Mm. It's only one year or two years old. That's how we've always done it." People want to hold on to their uh, traditions, but I think the the arc of a of a session, the arc of an experience, you come that first day, you're learning who's in your cab and you're reconnecting uh, with each other, and then you get builds, uh, intentionally builds to create a community that is one that sings together and dances together and stays together. And I think culminating in a banquet or some sort of, uh, you know, shared experience at the end, it just solidifies
0: the community
1: that's built year after year.
0: We hear a lot about uh, mental health issues. It's becoming more and more prevalent in in our generation. Does that, does that come up? I mean, do you have to deal with that this sure. is that a bigger issue now
1: and and uh, as a foundation we are trying to help provide resources for camps to deal with the um, uh, mental emotional and social health issues that and uh, at, at each camp
0: you. you will find someone like that so many
1: camps have uh, uh, increased the number of social workers that they have they have increased the number of uh, adults uh, that are on call and Mm -hmm. available to help. And by the way, I call it camp community care. Mm -hmm. It's not camper care. It's camp community care because the counselors need, uh, need attention and help. And, uh, you know, we're dealing with ki- uh, with y- young people at a critical age in their development.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it- tricky, and it's tricky because you want to balance. You want to also give the kid an experience, uh, uh, an opportunity to sort of resolve some of these things on their own. As we Because start. that's part of the growth. You know, I wonder if uh, if I had sort of a, a mental health professional help me deal with those things at Campanai Birth. I wonder if I would have grown as much, but I sort of had to struggle and work it through myself. So there's a delicate balance there. There's a there. delicate
1: balance. Look, I, I'll tell you one other thing, and partly of my trip out here this week, is uh, you know, the devastating fires at uh, House Kramer and Kinley Hilltop and JCA Shalom, and even uh, meeting uh, later with the head of the uh, Camp Newman in Santa Rosa that last year uh, burned in a destructive fire up in uh, Sonoma Valley. Um, what what happened at those fires is this outpouring of love and emotion and connection that came and what we found is it was a little bit about the place but it was mostly about being together as a community and the power of how these communities both campers counselors alumni came together and have come together to be supportive and uh, to help imagine what what uh, the future uh There was basically. a lot of
0: therapy that went on post those disasters and w- and
1: still w- right. and, and so look uh, so both uh Ginley Hilltop Hess Kramer and JC Shalom have found temporary uh, temporary places for summer mm-hmm. 2019 and 2020 they're modeling after our specialty camp incubator, which rented properties in many in mm. boarding schools and, and, uh, and universities, and finding that you can create that special Jewish environment. It doesn't have to be at the beautiful lake at Camp Anabreuth in, right. in Quebec, but right. it can be anywhere. And it's
0: interesting if they're going to use this opportunity to do things they hadn't done before. I think that would be an interesting story to cover.
1: Absolutely. And, and they will. I think they're, they're experimenting not only because the facility will allow them to change their program, maybe change offerings. Um, and uh, out of any crisis comes opportunity. It yeah. comes to the chance to reimagine how you consider your. your, I, your
0: I say that to my kids. You know, I've had when, whenever there's a major setback. If I would pitch a client for the three months and then we would lose it and not get it, I would always try to go back and say, "How do I honor this loss with a positive, with a thing of personal growth that I can do in my life?" And I think this was a, such a disaster that happened with these camps. And I wonder if they can sort of try to turn the tables on the disaster and saying, here's something we would never have done had it not been for this disaster. You know, it's almost a way of reinventing the narrative.
1: A thousand percent. And, and that conversation is happening, and one of the meetings I'm uh, having this afternoon is at Federation is on that very topic. I would say the other piece is as you contemplate uh, rebuilding... What do you build, and and it gives you a chance to even reimagine mm-hmm. physical space and the utilization of physical space because you're starting over. Oh, well, you're did you giving design? me a good
0: idea now for another Jewish Journal story. Uh, so before I let you go, Jeremy, you know you talked about how your whole training in packaged goods is about uh, bringing in new stuff constantly, and you've used that in your position. How do you envision the next five years? Do you have any thoughts, any ideas? Because you've gone so far already. Is there anything Look, on your mind that you can do better?
1: So we're, we're excited, actually. Uh, I still think there's tremendous run room and tremendous uh, to build on the momentum we have. I, I talk about three innovations to, to think about. One, um, the counselor is a critical target. So it's not just the campers, but it's the college-age counselor. Training them. Training. How do you reimagine that experience so a kid... Like your daughter wants to work at camp as opposed to going after that internship.
0: Well, my daughter just got accepted, the counselor at Camp Ramon, yes. just so you know. Okay, good, so good, good. So
1: something. so the, the issue is can you create a program for the counselors that... Allows them to develop and refine and reflect on skills that they're uh, that they're. That's an interesting
0: point because you know most of them are just getting ready to enter college or to go on gap year. It's a critical time of their lives. So I talk about
1: this as you develop college readiness skills, career readiness skills, life readiness skills, all in a Jewish playground. That's interesting because
0: we always think of the campers. But you're saying this put as much importance on the my on the counselors,
1: uh, my beloved camp director, who's uh, just retiring after forty some odd years, Rabbi Soloff, in uh, at Camperman, Wisconsin, says, "Who's the? What's the most important adah, The most important age group at camp? It's the counselors. Hmm. The campers are just there to be part of the factory to turn mm. into counselors, hmm. and that uh, on the." impact of camp you're four times as likely as an adult to be engaged jewishly to have an attachment to israel if you serve as a counselor
0: so that's the first area
1: second because the summer the the summer is becoming more and more compressed pressures on school ending later starting earlier the need to spend time, family time, uh, to visit grandparents uh, or academic enrichment or other programs. Camps are, uh, you have fewer and fewer weeks to meet. Uh, I think this is an area where the West Coast really led the field because the West Coast was always shorter sessions, but out in the East, no more is it de rigueur that you'd go for eight weeks. Mm. You go for shorter sessions. So if you have less time how can you be more intentional about each day at camp to have the same output? And then the big idea is to think about camp as a year-round activity. How do you engage and communicate, and whether it's reunions, whether it's programs, uh, retreats, or just
0: communication that comes
1: out from intentional communication from the camp faculty, the camp staff, maybe it's a new position at every camp that is solely charged with year-round engagement. Mm because i trust my camp brand and you and i talked uh, we talked a little bit about branding camp ramah jca shalom has kramer these are incredibly powerful brands mm-hmm. alonim they're trusted brands mm-hmm. by their community so they have permission to come into the home to engage during the year mm-hmm. and As a Jewish community, we have precious few things that have been growing in the last decade. Jewish camps are up 20, enrollment up 20% in the last decade. That's slow, steady growth. We don't have many things like that. So I think year-round plays a big role. And then the final piece is if I think about uh, families connecting to this brand, How do you start earlier to get families with young kids to start experiencing the magic and the power of camp, the intentional experiences of camp? That could be family camp, day camp, um, other retreat-type experiences, but we think the best way to reach the population that's not affiliated, maybe underserved by our Jewish community, the, the, the growing population of those less engaged Jewishly and underserved, Camp is a low barrier entry point and it's a mm-hmm. positive, happy, joyous it's experience. True. Why don't we use that as our, our calling card? That's what we, if you're selling Judaism, sell it with our most joyous experience of camp. Could be family, again, it's a weekend, family camp, day camp, but a powerful experience that then leads you on your Jewish journey.
0: So it looks like you like your job. Love it. There. Great.
1: Having a great time.
0: Uh, um, If somebody wanted to make a donation, can they just go on jewishcamp.org?
1: jewishcamp.org will be happy to uh, uh, not only take your donation, but report to you the good work that uh, is made possible by that your donation.
0: Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming to the Jewish Journal Studios. Happy to be here. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank our new sponsor, Venture Leather. Don't forget to go to VentureLeather.com and use code David for 15% off on your order and start making a difference today.